Hey, Ben, tell us uh, what what do you bring to the Browns and how will you uh, fit in on that defensive line quickly? A dog mentality. Come on now. I'm coming in and kill right away with my boys. I'm lined up next to Miles Garrett, the best defensive end in the game. We're going to take this over. It's over with. I'm telling you, it's over with. I'm going to come in and work every single day till I can't work no more. Enough from the clown. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan looking for a break from the emotional roller coaster that is the price we pay from loving than hating our Browns, then a big welcome to Cleveland Browns Anonymous, a group therapy podcast to help you survive the season. So let's start our meeting. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley, along with my sidekick, Brooke Riley. Brooke, how you doing? Pretty good. This is our uh, post-NFL draft uh, podcast. So I think the first thing we can talk about, Brooke, is uh, don't, even, don't ever try to do a mock draft with uh, the Andrew Barry crowd. You will um, not do well, right? Well, actually, there's one guy who they I was listening to sports radio today and Perion Winfrey was mocked in the second or third round to the Browns. And people were kind of shocked that they had gotten that right because it's such a crapshoot, you know, after the – I mean, it's a crapshoot either way, but after the first round, I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, it's anyone's guess. Well, one thing I – we've got to start recognizing with Andrew Barry and his whole organization behind him is that – he really does well in these middle rounds. I mean, that second round, third round, when you think about him picking JOK last year, they get Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. Felton looks like a good pickup again in the sixth round. Nick Sorensen, who's going to, by all accounts, is everybody's real excited about him taking over from J.C. Treader, who was no slouch, and he was another sixth-round pick. So, there seems to be a lot of interesting, um, you know, just seems to be the consensus is a lot of really solid players that they picked. No Miles Garrett, but uh, just a lot of really good players. What Who stands out for you in the picks of the draft? Well, I think the obvious is the kicker uh, who we got in the fourth round. And that's a, And that's a high pick, too, for a kicker. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, Andrew Barry had his – he was on uh, local sports radio today talking about talking about Cade York, and, you know, he had said that – I mean, he was pretty honest about it. He said, look, I mean, we never – I mean, his intangibles, his, you know, his strength, his, uh, his accuracy is kind of off the charts, but as we all know – translating it from college to the pros you know it's not a for sure thing but i mean the more i look at the draft i think Cade york stands out i think perry on winfrey i don't know if anyone listening has seen his press conference after he got drafted i would highly suggest you draft that and not be excited for this guy 
What stood uh, out for those who haven't seen it? Just swagger. You know, he was being humble. I mean, he was super pumped. I mean, he strikes me as the type of guy that the Steelers would have drafted. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to see this wide receiver from Purdue. I think he's going to be a sneaky steal. Yeah. So. Yeah, David Bell. All he does is catch the football. Great route runner. Um, I guess his pro day was held outside in the rain, bad weather. So, again, just a classic uh, money ball style pick by the uh, Andrew Berry organization. I mean, what's they probably had they probably had their eye on Andrew Berry from day one and they figured, you know, he's still going to be there in round three. So let's let's trade it down, uh, grab another pick. And uh, I guess from all accounts, and it's funny that we're doing this podcast today because apparently today was the day where all the higher ups in the Browns organization spoke to the radio station. So Andrew Barry spoke in the morning while I was dropping my dogs off at daycare. I caught that. And then Paul DePodesta spoke in the afternoon. And he, and he doesn't, he doesn't speak much Paul D. No, he's kind of in the shadows, which is probably how he likes it. But he had said that David Bell was Stefanski's number one guy that he wanted in the draft. I mean, he like he didn't come out and say that, but from what Paul said, like back in March, you know, when they're all kind of talking, the first player Stefanski said was, man, if we can get this kid from Purdue, I'd be super pumped. So I think they addressed you know, the three, four, five players who they really wanted and realized that, you know, we could probably get these guys in the third round, fourth round. They needed to get back some draft capital from the Amari Cooper trade, which is a freaking home run looking at that after day one of the draft. So they probably looked at these four guys and said, you know what, we can get these guys later. Let's trade out of the second round and we'll get some draft capital back. So again, well, that Emerson smart. Yeah. That Emerson pick just, I think surprised everybody. Well, surprised me. Yeah. So did me. The conventional wisdom is they're going to get a wide receiver or an edge rusher, and then they get another cornerback. But then the more, you know, again, AB, is just playing a longer game. He's looking at analytics. Nobody else is looking at analytics, you know, like David Bell. Um, you know, his pro days in the rain. He's running against the wind. <laughs> he's not running in a, in a you know, uh, climate-controlled dome. So he's, he's like, thank you. Plus, in Purdue, he's playing in cold weather. And all he did was torch Ohio State, it seemed. I mean, that's the guy they couldn't stop. And he was the, I think the number one receiver in the uh, big 10 or something like that. First team, all big 10 over all the, all the other wide receivers out there. But again, Barry just picks these guys that just fly a little bit under the radar. But when you think about the Emerson pick, I just read 
in cleveland.com his coach from mississippi state just absolutely raved about this guy in fact he was crying because he's a pittsburgh steeler fan i mean he's the new akron coach uh akron you head coach but he's from pittsburgh and so is uh, emerson and he was just crying that the steelers didn't get him so when you think about the injuries you, you know denzel's going to be gone for four or five games you know greedy williams is going to be gone for a couple games at least probably three or four games and that's what happened last year you're going to have concussions you're going to have hamstring tweaks so yeah it's sort of like the indians you can never have too many pitchers right yeah and i mean like we've I think everyone knows that the draft is not a sure thing, but I mean, if you can get two, three guys out of this draft who are solid contributors and, you know, who start and make an impact. I mean, I have complete faith in what the front office is doing because the past drafts support that. Exactly. And there doesn't seem to be any clunkers in Andrew Barry's draft. Now, maybe Tommy Togier is, you know, I, you know, it just seems like these, these guys sometimes draft players that they think have an upside in a couple of years. So they're playing the long game. I mean, that's the Nick Sorensen pick where, yeah, we're not expecting this guy to start right away. I think this Hudson guy, Nick Harris, be, Nick Harris. I'm sorry. Thank you. Keep, keep me on my toes, Brooke. It's the end of a long day. So anyways, Nick Harris, everybody. But that was a developmental prat, uh, pick. Hudson, James Hudson. Did I get the name correct, Brooke? Last year, right? Yep. Yeah. James Hudson, right tackle. I mean, I from all accounts, the guy has a tremendous upside. Could be another Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller came out of nowhere to become top-ranked Lineman in the NFL two years ago, you know, all pro. So, you know, these are, these are guys, this is how Pittsburgh was consistently good year after year. They just know how to pick and they pick as an organization. They're not, uh, I mean, you think about how, how uh, Johnny Menzel got picked. He texts somebody and they decide to throw away the hundred thousand dollar study they did that said pick Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater and they jumped and jump for yeah you know that's kind of uh, George Bush uh doing it from the gut to you know what that's the thing about the Browns it's always like these these are gut picks these are not organizational picks um think about the clunkers in the past uh not only Manziel but who was that infamous cornerback Justin, Justin Gilbert, Gilbert. Two, had, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Let's let's say we could have had um, that line, Khalil Mack. Yep. <laughs> we could have had Khalil Mack and Derek Carr in that draft, that's, and that's. I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. You know, they got the Hugh Jackson shit show. As if I don't have to uh, be reminded about how dysfunctional the Browns have been for years. There's Hugh Jackson, another. He's saying how they paid him to tank games and now he backtracked that. No, Hugh, they weren't paying you to tank games. What they said was it's going to be a lean couple of years, Hugh. Stay the course. 
develop these guys. Be patient. Don't wet the bed. Well, that was a terrible hire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I said, we said an earlier podcast, you know, we could have, we should have had Paul Sean D. McDermott. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. So the Browns pick Hugh Jackson, old Browns, new Browns pick Stefanski. Old Browns pick Manziel and Justin Good- Gilbert. The new Browns get uh, JOK and uh, the cornerback by all could be an all pro. Who was the cornerback we picked last year? First round. That would be Greg Newsom. Greg Newsom. I keep wanting to say Ozzie Newsom, but that kid's money. I know. And, and again, another guy like, uh, like uh, we'll, we'll get his uh, press conference. Another character guy, a JOK, a Newsom. I'm telling you though, watch his press conference. Carry on Winfrey. I mean, well, you'll get you'll you you'll watch that and wish season starts tomorrow. Well, what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to have it at the end of uh, the uh, the podcast. We'll get the Perry on Winfrey. What other uh, thoughts jump jump out at you before we uh, do our next segment, a short segment, and once again the saga soap opera Baker Mayfield? But what else, Brooke? I think the biggest takeaway that I I think the stink behind the Browns is behind them. You know, they're no longer the laughing stock. They're no longer, you know, a clown show. I mean, by all accounts, they have one of the best best front offices in the league. They got a great coach. The owner finally seems to understand how to be an owner in the NFL. And I give Jimmy a lot of props. You know, he recognized that the John Dorsey thing wasn't working. The Freddie experiment didn't work. And <laughs> that's, I mean, the, the, the hits just keep coming, right? <laughs> and I give, I give Jimmy a lot of props because by all accounts, a lot of the NFL owners are pretty ticked at him for giving Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. But Jimmy was like, F that. I want to win. Well, I, you know what? What was interesting about, again, that's Andrew Barry just one step ahead of the competition. I mean, he saw, he probably saw this coming because one, one analyst, maybe it was Mary Kay Cabot, mentioned how the Paul D. Andrew Barry organization, they think like NBA teams, front offices, the days of the, you know, the guaranteed money is coming and they just happen to be the first ones out of the shoot with it. Guaranteed money for a QB five years. Look at the Patrick Mahomes deal. When that, when that came out, it was like, Oh my God. And then now that deal looks like nothing. I mean, that's just the nature of the business in three or four years. I can't, I, I'm going to be shocked to see what Joe Burrow's contract is going to be, but it'll be something insanely high and it'll be fully guaranteed. Yeah. And I give Jimmy a lot of credit. He's like, Hey, I talked to my front office, you know, they're saying uh, with Baker, you know, yeah, he's okay. 
but we can't win a Super Bowl with him. And only, Andrew Barry said, hey, let's go after Deshaun Watson. The only way you win a Super Bowl with Baker is if you do the Trent Dilfer. Everything has to go right. Everything had the, the, the Joe um, Flacco Ravens, the Trent Dilfer Ravens, where you've just got just a great, great, great defense. And, the Eli Manning Giants. Right. Eli Manning Giants. Right. Hell, even the Peyton Manning Broncos. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I, but, I mean, hey, let's be real here. I mean, hey, Deshaun Watson hasn't thrown a pass in the Browns uniform, so I'm very, you know, I'm pumping the brakes here. But I have a hell of a lot more confidence with him on a fourth-quarter drive than I do uh, with Baker. And I've been saying this from game one of last season. Andrew Barry did not draft Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Well, I don't think Andrew Barry would care one way or another is if, if Andrew Barry and the whole front office organization is that, I mean, they, there's a reason why they didn't give him an extension. They're looking at how he's processing it and they're not seeing that next level in him picking up his uh, fifth year option that they did. Yeah. I mean, that was a no brainer. Nobody thought anything coming after the season that Baker had in 2020. I think they're going to, I mean, if we segue out into the Baker conversation now, let's do that now. Yeah. I think that I have a feeling that what Andrew Barry is going to do, given that he's very analytical, he's very smart. Right now, the Browns have no leverage. All the teams know that the Browns don't want Baker Mayfield. So what are they going to do? Are they going to cut him? I don't think so. I think they might hold on to him. So do I. Through training camp, through preseason, one of these guys, they go down. We'll see what happens. The one team that I think could make a play at him are the New York Giants. I was going to say, yeah. Yep. And Baker's the kind of outside personality that would just love New York. And New York would love him. Well, and I mean, he gets mad at Tony Grossi for asking a question. <laughs> he's he's going to get chewed out by that New York media. I know. I mean, <laughs> Emily Mayfield's going <laughs> to... You know, all these posts on Instagram and stuff yeah. like that. I, I mean, it blows my mind that they would say, oh, Cleveland media's out to get me. No, they're just doing their job. And if you think that this is rough, go to freaking New York. Go to Philly. Oh, Philly. Oh, my Philly God. Would roast, he would roast them. Right. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Yeah, all you got to do is talk to Carson Wentz and Mrs. Wentz. Yeesh. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think watching Andrew Barry do the Brock, Brock Osweiler dance, what he did, looking what he did with Deshaun Watson, you know what? I think his attitude is going to bring it on. He's going yeah. to camp. He's going to camp. And, St- and Stefanski is the perfect head coach. 
for this because he's so low key. Everybody's low key in that chill in that organization. And they're just going to, you know, Baker's just going to be, that's a, that's a great quarterback room. Really. If you got Baker as your backup, Jacoby Brissett. And I think people are going to say, you know, why should they, they just give him away? You know, I think uh, Andrew Barry's the kind of guy that is saying to himself, I'm like he did last year. I'm going to take Newsom because I got a feeling JOK is going to be there in the second round. And that's what he did with David Bell. That's what he did with some of these players. I mean, this guy holds his cards to the vest. He does not play conventional. He, you know, I do not want to play this guy in poker. That's for damn sure. And I think he's just going to, um, I think he's just going to, I think their plan A is he's going to training camp and we're going to wait for somebody to, uh, somebody to have a serious ACL. And then they're going to call and they're going to go, yeah, you take the salary and you give us a number two. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I mean, Can you imagine if he, that happened. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I mean, Hugh Jackson was ready to give up a two and a three for AJ McCarron. Trust me. There's a lot of stupid out there in the NFL. Okay. And I think uh, they probably have circled teams that would hit the panic button if their, if their QB went down, especially if they've invested so much in draft and they're, they're just looking for a playoff run and they got a good team. They're going to think, yeah, Baker is easily the best available quarterback out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if last year, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I mean, if, if uh, AB had said, let's uh, put test the market for Baker, um, he probably could have gotten at least a first, a first round, a first round and maybe a third in the next year's draft for Baker easily, I think. So anyways, but that's, uh, that's our prediction, but we'll, uh, you know what? We'll see where we are. It's nothing but nothing but fun. And then we've got the the Cavs to look forward to. Yeah. Cavs. So, and we'll see how the Indians develop in the second half of the summer. They got a lot of, I think a lot of really good. The guardians. I'm sorry. That's going to take some time. Yeah, I know. Well, well, they're playing sunshine Nick, tonight. Nick, if I can say Sorensen instead of Nick Harris, I could say Cleveland Indians instead of Guardians. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it. So, all right. Well, we've got a, a, a news conference for everybody to listen to on the back end of this. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll pick this up in about another week or so, folks. But that wraps up our NFL draft recap. Thanks, Brooke. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browns Anonymous Podcast with Mike Riley. We have a lot more content on the way as we get this new podcast started. You can also check out some of our other podcasts like the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast and other new ones that will start soon. On any platform that you find yourself listening to us on, feel free to leave us a like or comment or follow us. It always helps.